Thank you, Ginny. I know uh, Ginny loves me so much that she sings this song every first of the year, the first Sunday, and brings tears to my eyes. Lord, help me to love you just the same and even more. Happy New Year. We appreciate you coming here and welcome those who are here with us the first time. And I'd like to tell you this. The Lord has sustained us to reach this moment in our life. And it was because he, it is because he gave us this life. And we are to be found at the church. We thank him for that, that we're not somewhere else. Are you with me on that? Approaching the end of a era in life is always solemn. It's a solemn occasion. For instance, it is true of a student when a student approaches completion of a course or a study, and at the end of the year, it's solemn to part with your uh, fellow students, with your peers, and you feel a little bit uh, down 
and sad. It's also uh, when an employee retires, when I retired, I felt this, and those, all of you who retired, they feel that uh, there is a, a certain solemn occasion that though you are happy to retire, there is another side of it, you feel this way also. And when you, a family leaves uh, to uh, go somewhere else if um, uh, they, you're so close to them, and then when they leave, you feel just the same. You feel that it's a solemn occasion to say goodbye. It's not always uh, nice, though. And we feel uh, this way when uh, we uh, leave a house, a home, to another. And uh, we've been in the neighborhood for 20, 30 years, and then you still remember that house, and you still remember the things you have done. There are things that attach us to it. And uh, this applies to us all. And I think this morning, as we say goodbye to year two, 2011, uh, we feel maybe uh, somehow that was a good year. To some, it wasn't a good year. But for this church, for the believers in Jesus Christ, I would say every year is a good year. It was a good year. And uh, let's look back and thank God with gratitude for what he has done. Then let's look forward by faith and hope that he, God, will continue to do so. The scripture we are to meditate on this morning portrays a significant moment in the life of Joshua. His life has been a life of loyalty and superior service with great success. He has been Moses' servant all his life, and now as Moses leaves the scene, God is commanding him to take over, take charge, and lead the people, lead the nation, into the promised land. So, with that little introduction, let's open our Bibles to Joshua Bibles. You know me, Bibles, 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 home phones, how, how, what is it, iPhones? <laughs> I think you should come to church with your Bible. I don't care. Come to your church with your Bible. And let's open to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua, we're going to read nine verses, the first nine verses, from one to nine. And please follow with me. You're going to enjoy this portion, and we're going to be uh, meditating on it this morning. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all his, this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the, ri the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, 
and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. If you want to know how, how many miles he, square miles he gave them, he gave them three million square miles. But you know, they occupied only 30,000. Three million. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses. I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only, repeat, be strong and very courageous. Be careful, though, to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. <coughs> Excuse me. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. You so you shall so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. May God bless his word. As we meditate on these verses, as I said we're going to do, we can take few lessons ourselves from the word to encourage us as they encouraged his servant, Joshua of old. And the Lord, you notice, in these nine verses, he mentioned three times to Joshua, take courage or be courageous. In verses 6, in verses 7, and verses 9. He was encouraging him to be courageous, take courage. <clears throat> Why? Joshua finds himself taking charge of over two million people. He's never done that. He was a servant to Moses, and Moses was the leader. This is something new. This is something he's never done before. This is a place he's never been before. I don't know what the future is going to have for me. How am I going to handle them? He saw what Moses went through. And he said, well, he was known, Joshua, to be an obedient person. He did not argue with God. You know, he wrote, he wrote uh, Joshua, the book. And he's describing exactly what God has told him. And he said in chapter 5, he's, he said when God told him what he has to do, I will read you the word he, he said. He told the Lord, what has my Lord to say to this servant? You just say it and I will do it. Though I don't see that I am capable, but if you say so, I will do it. May God give us this spirit today and every day.
So as he is looking at this new responsibility, not knowing what God has for him in the future, and the Lord is telling him, take courage. I want to take all these experiences and apply it to us at the beginning of this new year. Take courage, dear Christian. First of all, he mentioned these things, and I'm going to share them with you. Take courage, because the word of God continues to be your guide. And that's what God told him. In verse 8, this book of the law, if you have your book, the Lord told him, this book of the law, which is the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Take courage. As long as if he was telling Joshua, as long as the word of God is in your heart, as long as you meditate on the word of God, you shall not fail. That's my first point. This tells me that those who meditate and delight themselves in the word of God, who, those who let God speak to their deepest needs, will never be disappointed. During the past year, and every year that passed, God has spoken words of guidance and comfort and help to his people, to us. And as we studied his word and his book, the Bible inspired our lives. If you go back to experiences you've had during the past year, who was the first person or the first thing to comfort your heart? I would say, if we take any, any study this morning, I would say it was the word of God. There is nothing under the sun, there is nothing in the world that comforts the heart of God's people like the word of God. And this is why God was telling him, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. And take courage, dear Christian. How is the word of God in your life? Do you have the word of God at home? Do you have the word of God to guide you? Do you have the word of God to protect you? Are you reading the word of God? Are you studying the word of God? Are you coming to Bible studies to hear the word of God? And that was, that's what he told him, especially in times of uncertainties. And in time of these uncertainties, when this church got together, when we had an illness, when we had a disease to strike someone, what did we do? We call it, let's have a prayer meeting, right? And how many times we had prayer meetings, and God honored our prayer meetings. And God honored, why? Because we went to the Word of God. We went to God for that. By meditating on the Word of God, we have received divine warnings in times of danger. Remember that? God guided us 
By listening to the word, we have received divine directions concerning decisions that we were to make. Shall I take this job or not? Shall I do this or that? Huh? And what was the guide in this? The word of God. Joshua, let the word of God guide you. Let the word. And you know, without knowing or talking to Dean, I was reading this. I remember I told you just last time. Do you read the bulletin? Dean mentions, let us read, study, and meditate on his word. It's here. I highlighted it. Are you doing that? Do you leave home without meditating on the word of God? Do you read it every day? Is it your guide? Take courage. It's still there. The word of God is alive. And so many times when you are in deep trouble and you take the word of God, you know what happens? As if the words jump at you and says, this is what I need. And you get on, put on your shoes, put on your suit and go back to work. And guess what? The Lord honors you that day. Isn't that your experience? I am encouraging you this morning. I am not trying to convict you. Let the word of God do its work in our lives. In times of grief and sorrow, the word of God is the only comfort that you can seek. Let us thank God. Let us thank God. And let us follow Joshua. And as we welcome this new year for the benefits that we have through the Bible, and let us take courage as we face the future. There is, now, bear with me. There is no substitute for the word of God to guide us through troubled waters. It nudges us to keep us on course. No matter what people say or offer to replace the word of God. And so many times, you hear them say, well, there should be another way. Show me. Which one? What book? There is no book that can substitute the Bible. Oh, I said, I read commentaries. Commentaries are commentaries on the Bible. And they come far short of the word of God. There is no substitute for the word of God. People come and tell you, well, I have a suggestion. I mean, did you try this? I have a book I want to give you. Read it. Good books are good, but they are no substitute for the word of God. Is the Bible open in your home? Are you reading it every day? And what does he tell him? Hey, Joshua, read it. Put it in your heart. Do not depart of it from your mouth, from your heart, from everything. The word of God, do you know, it will affect your mind. It will affect the way you think. It will affect the way you treat people. It will affect the way you walk. It will affect the way you look. It will affect the way you love. It will affect you. It will take charge of you. And there is nothing better to take charge of you than the word of God. 
Well, I know of a better way. Those pretenders are failures. Those philosophers are pure failures. There is only one book, which is the Bible, and I believe in it. In Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's not going to be a sermonette today, Brad. It's not going to be a sermonette. I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm just warming up. Thank you, Mike. Encourage me. It's an encouraging thing. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Look what God is telling the nation. O Israel, verse 4. O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Here it is. And these words, the words of God, which I am commanding you today, Moses speaking, shall be on your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your sons. Did you hear this? And shall talk to them when you sit in the house, when you walk on the street, when you lie down on your bed, and when you rise up. More, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That's what God is asking us to do. Let the word of God be your guide. You know, they asked the man of God, William Gladstones, what do you think of the word of God? Listen to what he said. If I am asked, what is the remedy for deeper sorrows of the human heart, I must point to something which is in the well-known hymn. He referred them to him. And the hymn is called The Old, Old Story told by an old, old book and taught with the old, old teaching, which is the greatest and best guide ever given to mankind. Joshua, you have a great task ahead of you. You need the word of God to guide you. It is time, dear Christians, to take inventory of what we are reading and what we are feeding our families. Based on that, based on what you read, the fruits we bear speak of the kind of Christians we are. From the Bible, you can teach your children true family values and the meaning of a true life. Train them from this world and not from any other book of philo or philosophers or writer or pretender, etc., etc., etc. Stick to the word of God. Honor it by clinging to it and obeying it. And take courage. For no man, he told him, if you do that, if you do that, families, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. These not, are not my word. 
verse 5. Joshua 1, 5. These are God's words. So I call today on every household represented in this congregation, each one of us, to stand firm on the word of God and do not turn from it, he told him, to the right or to the left. No compromise. Do not compromise the word of God. Do not say, it's, well, it, it may mean this. No, it means what it means. What is written is for us. Do not compromise it. Do not say it was written for 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago. It was a different generation. Today is a different generation. No, sir. The word of God is ahead of its time. It never goes old. It's for this generation, the past generation, and the future generations of God tarries. The word of God is above anything else. I call on each family today at the beginning of this year to open your Bibles at home. Read daily God's word. Study it. Live by it. Get your daily nourishment from his law, his teaching, and his promises. And let me tell you one thing. There is neither joy and there is no life without the word of God. It is the only compass that guides to a safe shore. You want to know what's the future? I beg you, read the word of God. Make it a promise effective today that I am going to read the word of God daily. I am going to study it and I'm going to live by it. And guess what? And then... Come and talk to me six months later if God does not give you a wonderful life. Then you will say, oh man, it's a wonderful life. Take courage. Let the word of God be your guide. Another point, take courage because God remains the same God remains the same. God spoke to Joshua. Just as I have been with Moses, verse 5, I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Is that a good word of encouragement? And do you think he was talking only to Joshua? He's talking to you. He's talking to me. He's talking to every Christian under the sun in every church, everywhere. God is talking to us. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3 and verse 6, we hear the voice of God saying to the nation, For I, the Lord, do not change. And the writer of the book of Hebrews speaks of the unchanging Christ as being the same yesterday and today and forever. We worship an unchanging God. We worship a God who keeps his promises forever and ever. Joshua stood before God this time alone without Moses. He evaluated that great task before him. Undoubtedly, he trembled at the responsibility and the awesome challenge 
to lead the people into the promised land. A road, a road that he never walked before. Nevertheless, he knew if God is asking him to go, going forward, he will. And what is asking, if I may ask you, at the very beginning of this year, and asking each one personally, what is he asking you to do? What is he asking you to do? I don't know. You know. Is he asking to be a better Christian? If you haven't been saved and being a good, a good person, and you say, well, in the new year, I will make a resolution to give my heart to Jesus Christ. Is he asking you that this morning? Okay, later on I will. What is he asking? To be a better employee? To be a better student? To be a better person? To be a better husband? To be a better wife? What is he asking you to do? He's asked Joshua a big responsibility. Take the people to the promised land. Check your heart. What is he asking you to do? And as we face the uncertain, the uncharted road of 2012, many questions come to mind. Is it going to be a good year? Well, if we follow what God says. Number one, if we follow. Keep the word of God as our guide. Number two, knowing that God is the same. How can we go wrong? with having a God who does not change. We can, we can be certain that God never changes his character, his purpose, and his promises, and his provisions. He's never changed. Just go back a little bit. One year. Don't go back six, seven years. How he guided you until this very moment. And then you'll praise him. He is the solid rock whom we can trust, and upon him we can place our feet in times of trouble. When storms hit us, he is the solid rock that will never, never be moved. We only have to look a little bit at the wonders that he's done and marvel at his faithfulness forever. And guided by, by his light, so I encourage you, let's move forward. Having a God who never changes. You know, it's a changing world, isn't it? So many times. If You know, I used to travel, and I traveled many times in my life. Sometimes I used to be away two, two weeks. Then I come back, I said, the neighborhood has changed. What happened? Trees maybe grew, grew a little bit. You find it different. The world is changing every day. And not to the better. The only, one that, the only people, the only creation that should change to the better are God's people. So let the world go away. It's going to its destiny. And you're going to its destiny. We have a totally opposite directions. The world is going left. Thank God we're going right. And we're going toward heaven. 
and we're seeing him very soon. Individual beings change, as I said. Families change. Business change. Nations change. How many times you wanted to go to that restaurant, you look at the door and say, out of business. So when did they go? Change. Take courage, dear Christian. Everything is changing except God himself. I can smile when I say that, except God himself. Be strong in the face of God. He is an unchanging God, again, in a changing world. Take courage. God remains the same. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Joshua, he stood before. God himself says, whatever you say, I will do. Knowing I will keep the word, your word in my hand. And I know that you are not a changing God. The third point that he brought in this chapter, you go there and check them out. The third encouraging point, he says, take courage because the future belongs to the believers in Christ. I repeat, don't hear me wrong. The future belongs to the believers in Christ only. You can take me to court on that. I've said in it, nothing can be substituted for believing in Jesus Christ as Savior. Nothing. No good works. No nice people. No good neighbors. No charitable organization. No giving to the church. No giving money to the poor. No giving money. No going working in San, in San Francisco at St. Anthony's on Thanksgiving Day. Huh? And more and more. No food bank with respect to the food banks. We should do all this. But these are no substitution for the future of a Christian to be spent with Jesus Christ, our Savior. Take courage, Christian believer who is born again. And I speak to each and every person. If you are born again, you will have a great future. I will bet my life, my family, everything I own, I will bet on it. If you don't have Jesus Christ, you don't have a future. I told you today I'm warming up. I'm just warming up. Joshua lived up to the task. He was marvelously helped by God to roll away Israel's reproach and to lead them to possess the new land. His conquests, listen, from a simple servant of God, his conquests and victories are numerous. I read somewhere, and I could be wrong, because he won 30 battles for the Lord. 30 wars. We're tired of three wars in the United States over a long period. But within, within 25 years, he won 30 great battles for the Lord. Chased his enemies. He was never wounded. He was never in danger. He was never left alone. You know what he did once? He was fighting his enemies and he looked at the sun. He said, God, keep the sun in heaven because I haven't finished them all yet. Take courage, Christian. God is able to lengthen the day for your work for Jesus Christ. 
The Lord stopped the sun and stopped the moon for 24 hours until he finished all his animals. What gave you this? What gave you, Joshua, this strength? It was God, the unchanging God, and his word that I rely on forever and ever. Take courage. Take courage. God is going to do miracles in your life. God do you miracles in your families if you follow him, if you honor him, if you follow his word, and if you believe that he's your unchanging God. That's for Christians. And if you're an unchristian, join us. Come on. You're welcome. The door is still wide open. Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, he says, come unto me, all that you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then you will rest forever and ever and ever. With such background, oh, his eminent service is acknowledged by all historians, let alone the Bible. Toward the end of his life, as he delivered the land to the children of Israel, and he sat down, he called them for a farewell address. And you know what he told them? He tells okay, I'm retiring now. I am done now. No, I have served you. No, he said, from now on, as for me and my family. General, General Joshua, no, no, no. I, for me and my house, what? We shall serve the Lord. A man of God does not retire, sir. Brad, don't plan on it. Don't plan on it. You're going to serve him forever and ever. And we're going to leave this place serving God in any capacity he gives us. And let the world talk about it. Let them say these are people crazy for Jesus Christ. Amen to that. Do I hear amen for that? Let them, they are, they are eccentric for Jesus. I want to be in 2012 eccentric for Jesus Christ. Let us preach the gospel. He lived. He lived according to the word. He lived knowing that God is unchanging. And he, the, he says, the future is ours. Why? How did you know that? He says, God told me. When God speaks to me face to face, he said, Joshua, if you did this, you will be successful for the rest of your life. What? Did he succeed? Let me hear it. Did he succeed? Did he win? Was he ever wounded? Are we discouraged? No. Are we encouraged? No. Then what shall we say then? Paul, Paul, after meditating on all this, he said, what shall we say then? If God is for us, who can be against us? I have him. Who can be against me? The past is forgiven. Hallelujah for that. Christian. The past is forgiven, regardless. Even if you are a murderer, God forgives a murderer. You know that? He's still saving people in prison until now. The present is his, right? And the future belongs to us. The future belongs to us. For neither height, he says, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why should we be discouraged? We follow a victorious leader who has defeated Satan, sin, death, and the grave. Remember that the decisive battle of history 
has already been fought and won on the cross and in an empty tomb. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. What's the year is going to hide for you? Because he lives, unchanging God. His word lives in me. I can face tomorrow because he lives. But says, all fear is gone. And I have the assurance that we shall be with him beyond the curtain of death soon and pretty soon. Take courage. I repeat those three words. The word of God continues to be our God. Amen? You want it? Take courage. Jesus remains the same. Take courage. The future is ours. What is it going to hide for you? Obey God. He was known, Joshua, with two things. He was known that the word of God was his guide. And his obedience was unbelievable. Can you say that today? Lord, I want to have your word. I want to be obedient. And I know you're the God who is the same yesterday and today and forever. You can do these miracles. In Take courage, Christians. Let's go forward knowing the future is ours. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you for allowing us to meditate on your word. May it do its work in our hearts. May those who are far away come to you today and ask you to come into their hearts so they can depend on the word. They can live for you. They can be assured of a great future for them. Bless our students. Bless the teenagers. Bless every family. Bless every person. And we pray for those who couldn't make it today that you visit with them, encourage them, and give them a great year also, Lord. Bless this church and help us never to forget where our strength comes from, our God and our Savior, for in his name we ask and pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. May the Lord help us this year to go forward and serve him. Amen. The meeting is over.